Hi, my name is John Garfield. This is the Releasing Kings newsletter. It's February 12th, 2017. This week I want to talk to you about white guilt. It took me two weeks to write this newsletter. <laughs> I wasn't sure it was a, it's a political one, so it's very contentious. Um, so I have never been more excited about being in the kingdom than I am right now. There are so many good things happening in the in the kingdom of God. So I'm I'm not going to um, you know read you the newsletter verbatim. I want you to take a look at this blog. It's got a couple of links and a graphic in it that are uh, well worth reading. Um, so take a look when you have time. So I, I just want to convey to you sort of the you know the spirit of the thing. There, there the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light are really being exposed. Uh, in the particularly in the political realm, so we're really on a path toward a reformation, not a rapture. Uh, it's very exciting, and God is raising up people in every mountain. There are breakthroughs and blessings unfold. And we're going to see. I mean, stock markets have broken highs, all-time highs, uh, around the world, and it's just a, a wonderful time of blessing and and doors in the spirit are are opening. So uh, there's plenty of bad, bad news too, it's just you don't hear it on the news. <laughs> so we're, we're in this position of being seated at the right hand of the Father, and this concept of reformation is real. The concept of the United States having a Cyrus is real and worth praying for. And I just want to suggest that <clears throat> roots have fruits. There's a graphic in the newsletter that take a look at. But beneath the surface, in our subconscious, there are things that drive uh, our sentiments or our political views or our job vocation. And that is on one level our heart beliefs and on another level uh, sort of the spiritual foundation. So uh, on the, we're, we're not ignorant of the enemy's devices. There are, there are also themes in the kingdom of darkness that can be defeated. Uh, and it's exciting that many of these ideological strongholds over entire cultures are near a tipping point and will crash like the walls of Jericho at the sound of a trumpet. Many will be freed at one time. Now, I've been just asking the Lord over the last year or two, you know, what, what is it that causes people to have, you know, certain bents in ideology? What's it the, and, and in, they'll do it in mass. I mean, entire cultures um, take Germany and Aryan supremacy uh, during World War II. <clears throat> An entire culture got twisted or shifted in an in a unhealthy way. And we see the same thing happening both in the kingdom of light. There, there's a huge reformation. A lot of people are getting it. And there's also this dark side that's, that's happening. So our job is to intercede and help break strongholds and imprison many. And we really are demolishing arguments at, at the roots, below the subconscious, below the heart level and at the spiritual level, all without arguing or without contention, without hating people. <laughs> so 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 says, Though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have the power to demolish strongholds. So we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So that's the promise, that we can, we can win debates in intercession. <laughs> so here's one example of many. Now, keep in mind, this is one example, and I'm, and I'm using a term called uh, white guilt. So there's a pl common political theme with a spiritual root that's called white guilt or white uh, privilege, 
And this, I want you to listen to the secular definition that I got out of the Urban Dictionary <laughs> on the internet. So white guilt is a belief often subconscious that being white is in and of itself a great transgression against the rest of the world for which one must spend their life making atonement. It's often exemplified by embracing the cultures and philosophies of various other ethnic groups while neglecting one's own roots. So if I'm a recipient of this accusation from the enemy, there is a stronghold that comes with it. It's, it's very logical that I will be driven uh, or compelled to embrace things like multiculturalism, globalization, climate change, anti-capitalism, government wealth redistribution, uh, open borders immigration. Uh, abortion, for example, is just a symptom of self-sabotage uh, embedded in the mindset of this stronghold. Another casualty is embracing the calling on one's own nation. This guilt can make us ashamed to be patriotic and to identify our unique place in the kingdom and to in intentionally pursue it on a national level. So white guilt has huge political consequences, yet it's not really about politics or the logic behind the debate of the issues. It's simply a spiritual root. Uh, that has two solutions that be, can be implemented in the courts of heaven. And that has to do with connecting with Jesus' atonement. Notice the definition said, uh, living forever trying to make atonement for ourselves. So the first principle is, there really might be uh, some injustice that I need to repent from, or it might be in my bloodlines as generational sin. Um, Maybe my ancestors have been oppressors that have given white guilt access into my life. The enemy accusation may be legitimate. We have to admit that, okay? We have to face up to the fact that we or our ancestors may really have been oppressors. So what do we do about it? Well, how about something as simple as just asking forgiveness instead of trying to make atonement ourselves? In that case, our response is agreement with the enemy accusation. Agree with your adversary quickly while you're in the way with him. Remember that verse? Uh, repentance, uh, forgiveness, and freedom, just like any other uh, issue that we face. So Jesus' redemption moves us from white guilt into no condemnation. So what, that's, you know, what if it's in my life? Okay, that's the first area of freedom is what about me? And, and is this an issue I have to deal with? The second one is what about other people? What if you've got friends that are being driven or pulled into this sort of cesspool of ideology? Many are bound at a level that they can't see the deception or they may not even be saved. In this case, it's our job as intercessors to stand in the gap on behalf of these people and repent for them. That somebody prayed for me when I wasn't looking for Jesus. <laughs> I was 16 years old. And when he came and found me, okay, I, it wasn't like anything I did. Somebody else prayed. And we're not in the business of writing people off who don't agree with us. We're confronting the spirit behind the delusion and freeing them to choose Jesus on their own. There's a spiritual aspect to this political battle that we need to engage us. So let's talk about standing in the gap. Here's my biggest ask, my, the biggest thing I'm asking for the Lord. I do not just want to see the kingdom prevail in great victory to bless nations and exalt Jesus. I, 
I want to plunder the gates of the enemy and set captives free. <laughs> In other words, I want my cake and eat it too. I want to experience great victory, great spiritual breakthrough, but I want to bring as many of the lost as are willing with us uh, to celebrate that victory. So those who are powerless to help themselves out of deception, out of the darkness and into the light, because we have the words of life. We have to remember that God loves people even more than we do. Intercession isn't always binding and loosing and commanding. Thanksgiving can be a formidable prayer weapon, and love is always the best way to impart this victory. Listen to uh, Jude verse 18. In the last time there will be mockers following after their own ungodly lusts. There are the one, these, these are the ones who cause divisions, worldly-minded, devoid of the Spirit, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, that's a key, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life, and have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire, and on some have mercy with fear, having even the garments polluted by their flesh, hating even the garments polluted by their flesh. In uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 18, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. He was committed to, he's committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. Catch that phrase not counting men's sins against them. That's the nature of mercy. That's what we as ministers of reconciliation have to impart to others. So here's my strategy. Here's my prayer strategy. <clears throat> I'm just asking the Lord to uh, bless and forgive and have mercy on, on people that are struggling politically right now. God's going to win. Amen. It's a great time to be part of the kingdom and see these huge breakthroughs. God bless. Have a great week.